Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Mom podcast. I am your host, Michelle Pickens. I am a mom of two. I have Crohn's disease, if you can guess, and I am a patient advocate. Um, I share my story through my different platforms, and I really strive to use my platforms to help educate connect and empower uh, within our IBD community and the chronic illness community in general. So if you're interested in seeing what I'm working on and the resources that we have to offer, head over to chronicallyblonde.com or over on Instagram for more day-to-day. That is at chronicallyblonde. Today's episode, I absolutely loved recording. Absolutely loved it. I connected with Mike Courier. He's a physician associate over at Oshi Health, and he is also a fellow Crohn's warrior. So he was able to provide really great perspective, not just from a provider side of things, but also from the patient side of things. So we chatted about how Oshi is really revolutionizing healthcare for patients They're making it more accessible, more personalized, taking an integrated approach, all the things that as patients were screaming, yes, this is what we need. Uh, We also spoke a bit about our current healthcare system and how our current model is not so conducive to getting patients better quickly. Uh, it It was just an extremely interesting conversation, probably one of my favorites that I've had. So I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Um, So we'll we'll jump right to it. Without further ado, here is Michael Courier from Oshi Health. Well, welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and having this discussion. I'm super excited to hear more about your experience um, with Oshi Health and how you guys are helping so many uh, GI patients. So welcome. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So I guess to start, do you want to give us a brief explanation of your background, uh, how you got involved with OSHI, and then a bit about what OSHI is? Sure, happy to. So um, my my journey is maybe not uh, like other people in the uh, uh, in the medical world. Um, so I didn't always start off thinking I was uh, going to be doing this. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at the age of 14. Um, and went through high school and went through college, uh, dealing with it pretty severely and and went through all of the things that you can imagine um, you could possibly go through. Um, I've gone through and and had done Um, and went to a a music college. I went to Berklee College of Music uh, for a bit um, with the idea of becoming a professional musician. Left there after a little bit and said, you know what, let me do something practical. So I went to business school, got a degree in business marketing and management. and while I was there, met a bunch of musicians. Uh, we started a band and then uh, went on the road and made a few albums and uh, won a Boston Music Award and toured with Bare Naked Ladies, Goo Goo Dolls, Matchbox 20, Sting. Oh my um, gosh. And so did that for you know probably about eight years. And then um, life on the road was a little bit rough and you know, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches out of the back of the van every day and um just in general life of a rock of a rock star musician aren't really conducive if you have Crohn's disease so totally um, that's the first thing I thought of right right so I I found myself in in a hospital bed contemplating what my plan b was going to be uh as the band was winding down and decided to sort of 
make lemonade out of some lemons and go with what I had a lot of experience in and which was IBD uh, and went to medical school and uh, with the idea of focusing on IBD care. Um, so shortly after that, uh, went uh, uh, to uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital uh, where I became the associate director of the Crohn's and Colitis Center there. Um, did that for a number of years, then went to, um, UMass medical center, uh, just outside of Boston and helped start a GI inpatient, uh, program there for physician assistants and nurse practitioners. Um, did that for a while. Now I'm fortunate enough, uh, to be here where I wear a bunch of hats as well as seeing patients, um, of all, uh, of all kinds. Yeah. So how, what made you want to come to OSHI? Well, I guess first let's talk about what OSHI is, if you want to explain that. Yeah, sure. So OSHI is technically OSHI is a, is a virtual first integrated GI clinic. Um, and really what that means is, um, uh, you know, we're not just doing what you would normally experience in a GI clinic, but we're doing it through, you know, a Zoom type call or something like that, right? Like we're not just taking that old model and televising it. What we're, what we're doing is really changing the entire model. Uh, of care in general. So it's integrated uh, care. So you're getting, um, you know, a dietitian, a GI dietitian, you're getting a GI behavioral health provider. Uh, it can also include a, a GI health coach, um, as well as the care coordinators. And you're being seen by the, the APPs, which is then overseen by the medical directors and the, and the physicians. So, um, so it's a much more integrated Type, style of care than you would get. Um, and, um, and that's all done uh, virtually. That's great. So I guess from your perspective, you have the view of a medical professional and also the view of a patient. So what right. about OSHI was appealing to you from either one of those sides or both of those sides for you to come and be a part of that? Yeah. So great question. You know, I, when I was at Brigham and Women's, we had started um, a really great uh, mentor, Josh Korsnick, um, who was the, the director there um, and was very big on integrated care and still is. And so while we were there, we had attempted to start the first integrated GI clinic in New England. And we did, but not without a lot of resistance. I mean, it was very difficult to get something like that going in a huge institution. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a, it was a big boat and it, it, it doesn't, you know, make turns very easily, right? Yeah. It takes a long time and there's a lot of bureaucracy in places like that. So we got it done, but not without some frustration. And I think it was, we, we weren't able to truly uh, bring the vision to light the way that we had envisioned. And so I had always felt like there was some unfinished business there, you know, from the patient standpoint, I knew it could be so much better yeah. and there was a better way to do it. And everyone always said, well, you know, if we could just change this or if we could just change this, but that's not going to happen. So I, it's, you know, just not going to happen. And then when I saw Oshi later on, I saw basically a, a group of people who really understood it and was building something from the ground up to accommodate that model, right? Not, not taking an old clinic model and then sort of retro trying to retrofit this new piece of technology on top of it which right. didn't wouldn't work right. but actually starting from the foundation up building it with this model in mind 
um, and executing on it and actually doing it, not thinking about doing it, but actually we're doing it and had the people there who were smart enough to make it happen. And um, I, I wanted to be a part of it. I said, if, if this was going on without me, I would be incredibly disappointed. So I, I, yeah. I, uh, I wanted in. That's amazing. That's really amazing. I want to go back. I, just a question came up when you were talking about um, the first program that you tried to start with the integrated care. Um, what challenges are kind of the biggest headwinds that you guys face when you are launching like an integrated care program? Yeah. I mean, the big part of it is getting it all paid for, right? And and, and it's unfortunate, right? But so much of it, and we can talk about that more um, as it relates to our model, but the, the biggest part was getting it paid for. So in a big institution, a big university hospital, um, there are a lot of departments that are asking for money yeah, to do their separate projects, to do their separate research. Um, and so when you go to the higher ups and you say, I want to start this brand new clinic and I want to hire all these new people um, to deal with, you know, nutrition and to deal with behavioral health issues. And we want a health coach and we want all these things. They want you to try to do more with less. Right. So they're going to say, how about we don't give you any of those things? <clears throat> and instead you see 10 more patients a day and do it in 10 minutes per visit. Yeah. Um, and, and so to fight against that mentality is often very difficult. And then there are levels of bureaucracy that you have to go through to uh, make that argument at every turn. So it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but I guess being now at Oshi, you're able to provide that care. So what do you mm -hmm. feel like the benefits of having that integrated approach are for both the patient and the provider? I mean, the, the benefits for the patient are immeasurable. There, there are patients that I've been able to get better here at Oshi that I could never have gotten better in a traditional brick and mortar setting. And I've been, I've been doing GI for over 15 years, right? Wow. And, um, you know, we see, uh, we just did a, a recent study on our patients uh, that we published, and we're seeing about 91% of our patients coming to symptom improvement in under four months. Wow. wow. Now- a typical IBD diagnosis can often take up to two years to get. Right. Um, and just getting a colonoscopy at most places will take four to five or six months. Um, and then if that's negative, then you're on to other tests and, and those may or may not be, may not, may or not, may not show anything. And then, so you're waiting that long until somebody finally decides to treat you here. You know, our model is completely different. We're, we're able to wow. see people, um, you know, for 45 minutes, uh, per visit, Yeah. you know, and so you can learn everything you need to, to know about them at that point, it sort of gets your differential for what's going on with this person down to, you know, one or two things that you can actually start to act on. You can start to treat right away, um, yeah. or order that those one or two quick things that you need, uh, to get them better. Um, so patients here start to get better much more quickly, and especially because we have that integrated care. Um, so it's, it's, it's much better for them. They get the type of care that they need. They get it quickly. They get it more conveniently because they're able to do it from home. So they, they're not having to drive into a hospital, miss a day of work, um, you know, try to find childcare, all of these things that 
often aren't factored in um, to, to doing all this stuff. And then from a provider standpoint, it's way easier for me to operate in this capacity because when I was in a regular GI clinic, I was it. I was, you know, the the person who took care of the clinical needs mm-hmm. and also doing some level of dietary intervention and behavioral health intervention and trying to do all that in a 15 or 20 minute visit is impossible. You you yeah. can miss some things. You don't actually get to hear a person when they're telling you what's going on. Um, and the reflex is to just say, I don't have enough time with this person. Mm-hmm. So let me order a whole bunch of stuff um, and see what works. And then I'll see them back in six months, which is a, it's, it's an awful model, right? Really? Um, and there are reasons it, it, it's like that. And we can talk about that, but, um, but yeah, so for me as a provider, it's way better because I can spend that full 45 minutes with my focus on the person who's in front of me, really listen to what they're telling me. And that helps me get them better. Uh, because yeah. a lot of times a, a person will tell you exactly what what's wrong with them if you just listen, right? Because yeah. you that person has spent so much time with it. Um, yeah. And to go to a visit and not be heard and leave there and feel like, oh, man, I, I had so many things I wanted to tell this person and I, 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 I didn't have time to is tough. So I, I can just focus on the clinical aspect. And if there are dietary or other behavioral health things, then I can plug them in quickly you know, within 24, 48 hours with our other providers and those things get handled. And then they get that in-depth focus from those providers as well. Yeah. That must be so much more uh, rewarding or, I mean, I I don't want to say easier, but rewarding. And you're able to really dig into getting to know your patients that that's revolutionary really within, within healthcare. And the fact that you're spending more than just 15 minutes with patients. Um, Another thing that I think is really incredible about what you guys are doing. Um, the, it always surprises me when with IBD, some of the main contributing factors are stress and mental health, and then what you're eating. And that's not usually integrated into the care that you're getting. So how are you communicating with mental health professionals or counselors, dietitians, things like that? Talk to me about how that teamwork works. Right. So we're communicating internally um, constantly. And that's one of the other things that even when this model is tried uh, in uh, a regular clinic setting, that communication isn't always great. Yeah. Um, but here, again, our model was built on that. So we have regular meetings about patients that we're, uh, we're struggling with uh, and to sort of circle the wagons around that patient to really figure out what they need. But there's internal communication going on about our patients all the time. I'll, I'll usually um, see a patient for the first time when, when they come in. We'll have a, a like a 45-minute visit. Sometimes it goes over. Um, and that's okay here because we have the time to do it. Um, and then based on, that, uh, based on that sort of intake, we'll decide if that's a person that needs to see the, the GI dietitian or the GI behavioral health provider. Um, and then they get referred internally. Um, there's an app that comes with this. So they'll get a message on their app that says that they've been referred. And then they can just go in and schedule a visit with that provider whenever they want. So the schedules are available. There's not a central scheduler. Um, okay. the, pa- pa- you know, the patients can just go in and, and uh, make an appointment whenever they want. Awesome. So uh, you were asking about uh, 
stress and diet yes. impacting IBD patients, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so there's sort of two components to that. There's the fact that stress, there's almost no disease that stress makes better, right? It always makes everything worse. Yeah. Um, and so stress with IBD can sometimes lead to a flare um, mm -hmm. or just decreased uh, quality of life. And the same thing with certain foods. So certain foods can sometimes perturb uh, the GI tract and cause a flare, or there is also uh, a lot of times, you know, somewhere around 40% or so, people with IBD will also have an IBS overlap. And so sometimes it makes it very difficult to tell. And, and people, if you have an IBS overlap, then that's re that makes you really sensitive to any behavioral uh, issues, any stress, anxiety, um, or certain foods, things that are high in FODMAPs or things that are high in fructans or spicy foods or alcohols or things like that. And so it makes it difficult if somebody is under control from an IBD standpoint, but then all of a sudden they start having some symptoms to sort of try to tease out, okay, is this an I IBS overlap? And do we need to address this with diet and stress management? Mm -hmm. Or is this truly the IBD that's flaring and we need to do a better job with the, the baseline medications? Um, and so there's the fact that those things contribute to the overall IBD health. And then there's the fact that IBD in and of itself affects the whole person. It affects your, uh, your partnerships, your, your life, your dreams, your aspirations. All of these things can sometimes get put on hold or be interrupted because of what's happening with your health. Right. That can al also then take a toll on people, right? So the, there's stress and diet that affects the IBD, but then the IBD will then affect how you're eating and what that does to your life, which can then cause more stress and yeah. lead to you eating in, in ways that, you know, are sort of all over the map to the point right. where you're like, I don't know what's affecting me anymore. I've done so many, I've done low FODMAPs, I've done specific carbohydrate diet, oh. I've done everything, and I don't know what to eat anymore. So we address it from, from all sides. And our dietitians here are not sort of a, uh, a generic type of uh, dietitian mm -hmm. where, you know, they often, you know, they'll give you a, a list of foods you can never eat again, and then uh, just do a lot of calorie counting. Our dietitians are uh, registered GI dietitian. So they're very disease state specific, and they know exactly what to do for every diagnosis um, to work with that dietarily. The same thing with our behavioral health providers and our uh, behavioral health coaches. The behavioral health providers are actually GI psychologists. Wow. And so that's a, a very unique group of people. There's not that many of them in the country um, that really focus on the gut brain interaction. We have most of them here. So the, 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 the few that there are out there, we have them. Um, and so it's a very specialized field and they're excellent at what they do. So that's sort of how we kind of give that full 360 wraparound care to our patients. I am so wowed right now because I've never heard of a GI specific psychologist and I'm going to go off on a little tangent. This wasn't in, sure. in my notes, but something that I um, have tried to do research on and tried to look into more um, is the correlation between eating disorders and IBD, because there is a lot of overlap there, but not a ton of information. There's not a lot of treatment programs. So for me personally, when I was a teenager, I 
had anorexia and I have been living in eating disorder recovery since then. But then when you are diagnosed with Crohn's disease, the whole plan is very, uh, cookie cutter from the dietitian of you have to do this and you take out this and it's very counterintuitive to living in recovery from an eating disorder. So that's incredible that you guys are taking more of a customized approach, bringing in all three of those components, the mental health, the, the diet, and then the GI component and really creating that customized plan. Um, that's yeah, that's just incredible. And I think for, it's a small target market of people, but for me, that's like a, an area that's close to my heart. So hearing that, that is a viable option for, for that community. That's just, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it has to be a specialized plan, right? Yeah. That no, no two people are alike. So you can't take just a general algorithm that says, okay, you do this, then you do this, then you do this and yeah. apply that to, to everybody. Everybody's different, especially when it comes to their diet and their disease state and all of these things. You know, we have people here who will often have you know, gastroparesis, which is sort of a slowing down of the stomach. And then they also have constipation. And so our dietitians have to then figure out, well, then how do we lower some of these certain fibers, uh, fibrous foods so that it's not causing an issue with their gastroparesis, but at the same time, uh, make sure that they have enough so that their constipation isn't an issue. And oh, by the way, this person you know, uh, has an issue with high FODMAP. So it, it's like all, all of those little things, they, it has to be customized. And so everything we do here from every provider is customized for each patient. That's incredible. That's like I said before, I'm just, I'm wowed by this. this, this. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. That's the idea. I mean, it, 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 it needed to be revolutionary. I spent so much time in clinic where people said, there's so much wrong with the system. There's so much wrong. It just, I wish somebody would fix it. I don't know if anyone's going to, I guess this is the best we can do. And, um, you know, Oshi is, is turning the whole paradigm sort of on its head and saying, no, we know the things that need to be better. So let's build it for that. And yeah. it's working. Yeah. To kind of piggyback off of that, uh, I was just at Digestive Disease Week and a lot of the sessions that I attended, there was a focus on technology and how that's really revolutionizing the patient experience and how the patient is experiencing healthcare in general. Um, I feel like you've described how OSHI contributes to that better patient experience, uh, but what are you looking forward to seeing in the future? What developments do you still feel like could be on the horizon next? In terms of technology? Yeah. Or in terms of, I mean, you guys have a great model now, but what's next for you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, what's next for us is to continue to expand. So, I mean, we're, we're right now we're live in about 20 different States. Um, and we're in network with most insurance, uh, companies. That's great. Um, and so, you know, if, if people want to learn more about it, if, they, uh, if they qualify or if they want to, to join us, they can go to oshihealth.com forward slash social, okay. um, and they can learn more about us there and, and sign up. Um, so I think for us, it's really expanding uh, the amount of providers that we have and, and, and expand into more states so that we can offer more access uh, regionally. Um, in terms of technology, you know, um, I think there's lots of technology out there for things like cardiac disease and diabetes, where people can wear sort of, you know, monitors that will monitor their blood sugar and monitor their heart rate and all of these things. 
In GI, it's a little more difficult uh, because we don't have a ton of biomarkers that we use to, to sort of suss things out one way or another. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is sort of the art of engaging with somebody and sort of the art of medicine, really listening and, and taking yeah. a good history and doing it that way. One of the few things that I've seen that are really interesting that I'm hoping will happen soon, um, I think are, are, are sort of twofold. One is the idea of uh, at-home fecal calprotectins. So a lot of times we'll get a, a calprotectin level to see um, how much inflammation is going on in the bowel. So we do that instead of, in some, in some cases, instead of a colonoscopy to sort okay. of monitor how well somebody's doing on IBD therapy. Okay. Um, and right now you have to go in to get that, uh, that test done. It's a stool sample. And so people don't always get it done because mm-hmm. it's the not, not the most fun thing no. to do on a Saturday. Not convenient um, either. <laughs> not convenient. Right. And so it's hard to get those done, but, yeah. um, they're looking at, uh, these home kits where you can just do it at home and then it will send the result into the, the provider. Uh, I think there's some that they're using in, in Canada right now, not completely approved in the U S yet. And then there's also people working on this idea of a, of a smart toilet where the, the toilet will actually record what's going on with the stool sample and give a whole bunch of data back. Um, so what? that would be another great way. Yeah. Uh, to sort of keep you in your home without having to wow. go to the lab, go to the doctor's office, uh, be poked and prodded and, um, and can give a lot of great data in real time as to what's happening. So, um, yeah, we'll see if that one happens or not, but yeah, I know there are people I'm, who are looking at it. I'm going to have to do some research into that. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I don't know what my husband's yeah. going to say if I'm like, we got to get a smart toilet in our house. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, that that brought up, I we were chatting about this before, but um, how if, if I'm a patient, I'm seeing you and I need a colonoscopy or an endoscopy or blood work or something, how do you work with local providers or like how, how would that work since I'm seeing you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So, you know, we were able to do everything that a regular GI office uh, would be able to do. Plus we have the added benefit of the the dietitians and the behavioral health providers. Um, But when we do need to order labs, most of those will go through like LabCorp or Quest. Okay. So those are located everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, we, we choose one that's right next door to you and we put those through there. So stool testing, blood testing, will go through those two places. And then we get the, the results back very quickly. Um, so we work closely with them. If we need imaging done, so CTs, abdominal ultrasounds, anything like mm-hmm. that, those will happen locally as well. We have a great care coordinator team. And so they find all of these places near the patient and uh, we'll schedule them there to get them done. And we get those done quickly. We can often get, you know, stat CTs if we need them. And, wow. all, you know, everybody jumps on board to get those done. Um, and then if we need uh, colonoscopies or upper endoscopies done, we partner with GI offices uh, that are local to uh, the places that we're in. So every state that we're in, we, we partner with GI offices there where we can send uh, our patients, they will scope them for us and then give us the, the results back. That's really cool. That's great. And I, yeah. I like what you mentioned about the care coordinators. I, I didn't realize that you guys had that because that's a, that could be a huge stressor for, you know, going into, to a, a, uh, appointment and then you're leaving you're like, okay, I have to set this up. I have to set that up and figuring all this out, but having someone to assist you with that, I feel like, especially as 
you're trying to reduce your stress, that is such a game changer having that support. Yeah. I mean, they're there and, you know, patients have 24 seven access to us. So they have 24 seven messaging through the app that they can talk to us uh, through. Those are monitored uh, as well as 24 seven phone line. That's always monitored by an on-call provider. So anything that happens any hour of the day, they have access to us. Anything that we do for care, whether it's, you know, something that I do or or recommend or the dietitian does or recommend that all then gets fed through the app to the patient as well, along with any educational materials that they need. Um, And they can message anytime and say like, hey, how do I get this done? Or I'm having trouble scheduling or, um, you know, can you send it to this lab instead of this lab? Care coordinators take care of all of that, answer any of those questions, billing stuff. um, They're great about that. So we really try to take that stressful component out of it and make it as easy as possible and really treat people like people, treat treat patients like people, right? Which sounds like this revolutionary concept, but it shouldn't be, right? Yeah. You know, um, and so I think a lot of places will say, you know, uh, patients first or patient centered and we're patient centered and we put patients first and they put it up as a big cardboard sign in their lobby and then they proceed to, you know, ignore phone calls and, you know, tell you it's going to be six months until they can see you. Right here, it's it, it's really I can tell you from personal experience, it's not a slogan at all. Everybody here cares deeply about what we're doing and about our patients. If there's any issues, everybody jumps in. It's an all hands on deck, and we get it done. Um, so yeah, I've I've i I'm really fortunate to work with a really amazing group of people, and I've worked with some very smart people and some very caring people before, yeah. and uh, that doesn't hold a candle to to the people that I work with here. So. Yeah, that's so refreshing to hear. And it seems like you all are so passionate about patient care. Um, so thank you for all that you do. Yeah, no, no problem. And, and you know, and we really, we only hire for that. Um, and I'm, I'm part of the hiring process here. And I've passed up on some people who were extremely good to just get to people who were, um, you know, uh, exceptional. And yeah. so we're, we're hiring people that have only a, a ton of GI experience and that really, really care deeply about this model of care yeah. and, and sort of what we're doing. That's great. So I want to jump into the accessibility of care conversation a little mm. bit more. I know that we sort of touched on that, um, but it, that's accessibility is a huge barrier for, for some patients. Um, and it, you're taking away a lot of those challenges how are you making IBD care more accessible uh, overall? So I'll, I'll stop and let you answer that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's twofold. One, you know, we're, we're remote in 20 states. So we're bringing IBD expertise um, and GI expertise to 20 different states right into your living room, right? So that in and of itself uh, will increase accessibility. But also when you look regionally, there's some areas that don't have really great access to a tertiary care facility, a university hospital that has specific IBD expertise. Um, And so we can bring that to those areas. If they're more rural areas um, or areas that just don't have that type of access, we're able to be that access um, without them driving, you know, six hours to get to someplace or going into a different state or flying someplace to be seen. So, um, 
so that's, I think, one part of it. And then the other part is that, you know, we partner very well with sort of the traditional brick and mortar GI clinics. Um, and we'll often co-manage our IBD patients because sometimes IBD patients will feel, I think especially IBD patients will feel like, well, I have this doctor. Um, I don't really want to let them go. I've seen them for a number of years. Right. And in case anything happens, I want somebody right here. And mm-hmm. um, and that's totally understandable. And in those cases, we'll often partner with those doctors to say, great, we've also seen the patient. Here's sort of what we think. Um, we're happy to bring them into the program and uh, help them out from a dietary and a behavioral health standpoint, see if we can help with that. Meanwhile, if we see anything that's sort of a red flag, we can get that uh, to you and, and sort of help you manage them. Because in clinics, a lot of time in a regular GI clinic, you may only be seen every six months or something like that. And so at OSHI, we're able to see you as often as we need to. So we can have multiple touch points in between those six months um, to help keep you well, because that's usually where uh, bad things happen, right? It's not, you know, at that six month visit, when you see a person, either something really bad has been going on for the past Mm -hmm. three or four months that hasn't been addressed, um, or they've been well, but in those cases, you want to know that before they end up having to go to the ER or have a surgery. And we can often be that safety net. So we yeah. can have multiple touch points and really oversee that care in between their regular GI visits as well. So the access- accessibility for us really helps to improve their overall health care when we partner with their existing IBD. Um, yeah. That's great. And that's, that's really interesting that you are open to that partnership because I feel like so many times if you are leaving one doctor to see another doctor, it's kind of like, okay, talk to you. Never, you know, but right, I that, know. yeah, the fact that you are open to collaboration that really highlights how much you do care about the patient and what's best for the patient. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's all about the patient. It's not about the provider, right? If, yeah. if, if there's a, if there's a, a doctor or a prov- provider who sort of, you know, gets their feather feathers ruffled that you're seeing somebody else to get some answers, um, I think that's a I think that's a bit of a red flag there, right? Yeah. Like they, they should have your best interest in mind. For me, I feel like the more eyes on my patient, the better. Because if I miss something, then great, there's somebody else to point it out that gets that patient better. Um, so I, I think that's the you know, that's the overall attitude here at OSHI. I think most good providers have that attitude too and welcome second, third, fourth opinions um, because either those second, third or fourth opinions are going to reinforce what I have been Mm -hmm. saying all along, or they're going to maybe pick up on something that I missed, which is great for the patient. So, um, so that's how we work here. Most uh, providers that we work with on the outside are uh, feel the same way or all of them that we work with on the outside uh, feel the same way. That's great. I thank you so much for sharing all of this. I, I'm just taking it all in. I'm so excited about this because I know that you've already done great things for so many patients. And I feel like the more that you guys expand to additional States, the more that you get the word out, the more people that you're going to be able to help. And hopefully this in the future won't feel so revolutionary and it will feel like the normal care that we are receiving. Yeah, it should. And, and, you know, it's funny, I sat at an IBD conference last year with some of my colleagues here at OSHI, and the talk was about, you know, what do you expect to see in the next 10 years in IBD care treatment? And um, 
And they had some of the, the brightest minds in IBD up on stage. And they said, well, in the next 10 years, you know, we maybe will expect to see, you know, some virtual care, or we may expect to see uh, value-based contracts uh, for insurance, which I can talk a little bit more about. Um, and, uh, and they were saying in the next 10 years, we may see these things, but it may be difficult. And my colleagues and I were sitting there whispering to each other saying, we're already, do we're already doing this. This like is that. us already. So, right. And so I, I think it is, it's definitely the model for the future. And, you know, it's a, a model that patients love too. One of the main reasons that we can do it that way is that, you know, we're reimbursed by insurance differently than how it's traditionally done. So like, as I was mentioning earlier, you know, we have value-based care contracts here at Oshi. And so what that really means is that like we're paid in a bundle uh, for a patient and then that patient has as much access to us as they want. So they have as much access to me, as much access to the dietitian, to behavioral health provider. Um, and so basically we're paid based on outcomes. So we need to really show that we're getting patients better. The traditional model uh, uses a fee-for-service model, which is sort of like where uh, things that are a part of your care get paid for individually, like a la carte, so okay. each time that they occur. Um, and that model really only works well for a practice if you're seeing like a lot of patients in a short amount of time, which isn't really great for providers and it's not great for patients, right? Right. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of really uh, amazing and forward-thinking GI providers out there that are currently working on changing this um, and moving more towards sort of uh, what we're doing. Um, right. And we're working with some of them together and, um, and we're already starting to partner with some of them as well. Awesome. That sounds like you guys have a really collaborative approach to moving forward to a better, a better system in the future. Yeah, absolutely. A couple things to piggyback off of that. First off, it's it's crazy how when you're describing that, it seems like such a simple concept of this is how things should be, but it's definitely not not like that at all. Um, and th the other thing is specifically within GI care and within IBD, uh, you mentioned it before, but it can be difficult to diagnose. And I feel like there's so many different components and not necessarily one test or one, uh, you know, marker that's going to come back and, and show a definitive answer. So it seems like this is a perfect area of practice to have this, this value-based model, um, because you are getting to know the person fully and take into account all these little pieces of them. Um, and then I'm assuming you guys probably have, I think you mentioned this earlier, you probably can make diagnoses quicker and start to get the patient better quicker because you are actually honing in on the things that matter. Absolutely. Yeah, you're hundred percent correct. And you know, you, and you really, uh, you know, my philosophy has always been that you, you can't treat a patient until you know who they are. Right. And once you know who they are and you've been able to really understand that, um, sort of what's going on in their life, what's affecting them, then you can start to develop a plan. Um, but having this model gives us the flexibility and the time to take the time that we need. We're not being timed on our visits. I don't need to see 30 patients a day. I can spend yeah. the time I need with the patients I have and really hone in on it, really partner with them and get them better. Um, and I can tweak things as we go. So if, if things aren't going well, 
um, I can see them again in a couple of days, or I can just yeah. pick up the phone and call them or, and it's not a reimbursement issue. I know that that's mm-hmm. covered. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, again, we're in network with most insurances. So that, that gets covered and I can interact as much as I want and tweak the plan as I go instead of waiting six months or, or 12 months. Now there are exceptions to that, right. With biologics, you have to sometimes wait for them to kick in and you've got six months or nine months to, to know how well they're working once Mm -hmm. you've done your loading phase and all of those things. But, um, for the most part, um, yeah, we're able to really jump in and make things happen very quickly here and, um, and see amazing, uh, sort of life-changing results with, with all of our, our members. Yeah. Wow. This, this is, makes me so optimistic about the future of care. Um, I like, I, this is audio only, so they can't see, but I'm smiling so big right now because <laughs> this is like a patient's dream. This is what you want. You want, right? you want providers that are incentivized on getting you better, not how many tests they can run on you or how many colonoscopies they can perform. So that that's, this is incredible work that you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, thank you. And you know what I, from a patient standpoint, I feel the same way too, right? Like I'm able to finally offer the kind of care that I had always envisioned and had always hoped for as a patient. Right. And yeah. As a patient, you always say, why are things kind of so screwed up? Uh, And, you know, getting into medicine, I've been able to sort of peer behind the curtain a little bit and say, what's going on back here? And, uh, and now to be a part of fixing that um, and being able to pass that on and serve as a model for hopefully more places like this to pop yeah. up. Um, I think that's great. You know, and even, you know, from a competition standpoint, I, I think the more places that pop up like Oshi, the better, right? Like it doesn't, yeah. doesn't bother me at all. Like let's help more people yeah. um, get the kind of care that they deserve. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was an incredible conversation. You dropped so much knowledge. I am <laughs> so excited about this. Um, any any parting words or any um, any additional call outs that you want to make to kind of leave the audience with? You know, I would only say um, that if you're if you're if you're finding that you're not getting the type of care that you think you deserve, um, or if you're not getting answers, it's okay to seek out specialists it's, and it's okay to go to other places. Don't feel badly uh, about um, uh, switching providers or getting second opinions or anything like that. It's your health. You need to advocate for yourself. Um, and there are always people who are willing to help you. There's lots of people here at OSHI that would be willing to, to help you as well. Um, and so if you find that that's a good fit for you, then we're, we're happy to jump in here and, and help you out, but always advocate for yourself. Um, and if, if deep down you feel like you could be doing better or you, you deserve better care then then seek that out there, there are places where you can get that. Yeah. Well, that's, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for showing us that there is, there, there are these opportunities and these possibilities, um, for that advanced level of care. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that's a wrap of my conversation with Michael Courier from Oshi Health. I'm so grateful that he had this conversation with me. Hope that was helpful to you guys. Drop me a DM if you want to let me know what you thought of it. And you can check out oshihealth.com slash social for more information on what Oshi does. 
All right, guys, I will be back next week. I hope you all stay well, feel well, and have a great week ahead.